Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24:15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in. We're continuing with our series called Breaking Myths About God. And our text scripture is Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. You see, a tradition is a long-established custom or practice that has the effect of an unwritten law. It is the handing down orally of stories, beliefs, and customs from generation to generation. And a myth is a traditional story of unknown authorship, and it is not based on facts. And the first myth that we discussed yesterday was God is trying to teach me something through sickness, disease, bad circumstance, temptation, and tragedy. And we found out that that myth was truly a myth. It is not true. And today's myth, or the second myth, you've heard this before, God works in mysterious ways. Well, let's see what the Word has to say about God working in mysterious ways by studying six different passages. In the book of Job, chapter 37, verse 23, in the New Century Version, it says, The Almighty is too high for us to reach. He has great strength, He is always right, and never punishes unfairly. Well, that to me sounds like God works in mysterious ways. Except in the very next chapter, the response goes like this. In Job chapter 38, verses 1 through 2. Again, in the New Century Version. Then the Lord answered Job from the storm. He said, Who is this that makes my purpose unclear by saying things that are not true? What does that tell us? God wrote the word to make things clear to us. And when we get to the New Testament, the Apostle Paul says in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 26, and now we're back to the New King James Version, it says, The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. And then in Matthew, chapter 13, verse 11, he answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Listen to Romans chapter 16, verses 25 through 26. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all the nations, according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith. 
And then the sixth scripture I'd like to mention is in the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 9. It says, And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ. How has the mystery been revealed? First of all, through the prophetic scriptures, or the word. And secondly, through Jesus Christ, who is the word of God made flesh. How does God teach us? Simply by word and example. How can we know God? Through the Word and Jesus Christ. Is the Word a mystery? Is Jesus a mystery? Does God work in mysterious ways? Is He secretive? Well, has He not given us His written will? The answers are obvious. The revelation of God and Jesus Christ is readily available to anyone who asks, seeks, and knocks. And you can find that in Matthew chapter 7, verse 8. One of the best ways to understand the God of the Old Testament is to put it through what I call the filter of Christ. Christ is the one who took all the mystery out of understanding and knowing God. Jesus came to reveal God and to seek and to save the lost. It says that in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. You see, Jesus is the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, as it says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. And the following discourse was written by the Apostle John, and in its simplest form, it says, If you have seen Jesus, you have seen God. Let's read it, John chapter 14, verses 6 through 11. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the father. So how can you say, show us the father? Do you not believe that I am in the father and the father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Again, was Jesus mysterious? No. Did he bring sickness, disease, bad circumstance, temptation, and tragedy to anyone? No. Did he heal the sick, refuse temptation, Calm the winds, save anyone, feed anyone, teach on issues about life like money, persecution, grief, death, and success? Yes. Did he give us any examples of how to face bad circumstances, temptations, and tragedy? Yes. Did he give any wisdom on how to walk through life? Yes. There's nothing mysterious here. Rather, it's most revealing. Well, what is the myth? that God works in mysterious ways. It's a myth. So what's the fact? No, he does not. We have all the words, the wisdom, the revelation, understanding, knowledge, and examples necessary to live life and life more abundantly. But then there's this statement that says, furthermore, but to them. And we find that in Matthew chapter 13, verse 11. He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. In verses 12 through 13, 
For whoever has, to him will be given, and he will have more in abundance. But for he who has not, from him that which he has shall be taken. For this reason I speak to them in parables, because seeing they see not, and hearing they hear not, and they understand none of it. Well, let's talk about those words, to them, and for he who has not, and to they who see and hear not. What this means is, to the unbeliever, it's all a mystery. But to us as believers, ha, the mystery has been revealed. Listen to John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes not except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now that's the class I'm in. I'm a student of the word of God. Jesus is my Lord, my master, my savior, and my mentor. I have been in his university for 36 years, and I continue to learn every day. It seems the more I learn, the more I find what I do not know. Not surprising, this is God's university, and his universe is large. But to keep it all simplified, I have figured out that if I filter all my questions through the life of Jesus Christ, I find who God is. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3 says, But I fear, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So be watchful for the serpent, Satan himself, and his craftiness. He wants to spoil your faith and joy. He wants to make things so complicated that you don't understand it. But not God. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 in the Living Bible says this, Don't let others spoil your faith and joy with their philosophies, their wrong and shallow answers built on men's thoughts and ideas, instead of on what Christ has said. Traditions and myths handed down orally from unknown origins and authors not based on facts. Huh, how about that? Our text scripture again in Colossians 2, 8, Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. How about another myth? I call this myth number three. The Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. Well, this one seems to have an author and written origin. But as we will discover, it's a misinterpretation. It comes from the book of Job. Job chapter 1 Verses 20 through 22, then Job arose, tore his clothes, and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. Well, this one bothered me, because I'm a practical thinker. It didn't make sense to me that God takes back what he gives. This seemed against a few of his most fundamental laws, which say, give and you will receive, sow and you will reap. It's not give and take, it's give and receive, sow and reap, seed time and harvest. Someone who takes their gift back is not a giver. What bothered me even more was the fact of verse 22. It says, in all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. This didn't seem right to me. Why would God give Job his family only to take them back? That's the worst giver I have ever heard of. Certainly this can't be true. 
Well, let's get back to the original word again. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. This is one of his fundamental laws. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Now listen carefully. If you are a giver, you will reap accordingly. If you are a taker, you will also reap accordingly. God's law is sowing and reaping, giving and receiving, not sowing and stealing, giving and taking. This is very important in order to understand the myth that says the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Well, in my quest to understand Job's comment in verse 21, I decided to look into the original Hebrew word and the definition for the English word taken. Well, suddenly I saw the answer. The original word for taken in Hebrew can be translated as take or receive. Oh my, that changes everything. Job was saying the Lord gives and the Lord receives. That lines up with God's laws. God did not take his family. He received them. Well, this may not be the best place to stop, but we've run out of time. So tune in tomorrow, same time, same place, and same channel, and we'll continue with our series, Breaking Myths About God. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.